Oh, man. Woo! Ugh. Yeah, this team freaking stinks. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day, for Monday, August 28th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly and certainly today, not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you want only Padres content, or if you want to see me be sad. If you want the visual, the visual aid, as some may say, you can check that out on YouTube. Just type in Lockdown Padres. Past, what was it, 1,100 subscribers recently? No, I don't think it was that many. But still, I definitely got more subscribers lately. So thank you to everybody subscribing to the channel. And thank you for listening to the show. On today's episode, we are recapping, unfortunately recapping, this weekend series. Look, man, the content game, you got to map things out. Don't worry. It's not always going to be recaps of awful series, but unfortunately, that's what's happened this weekend, so we got to talk about it. Uh, the Padres get swept. Um, shocker to, in my opinion, no one who has watched this team um, all year, but it was still, it, this is the series, this will this will be my take of the day. This Padres loss, uh, series loss, I think is the least damaging to me least frustrating one out of all the like frustrating like bad losses they've had this year in my opinion um this is better than what happened when they played the Mariners this is better what happened when they played the Giants back in July this is better than the Rockies start of the season this is better than uh losing all those games to the D-backs why because I I mean me personally I've been resigned to the Padres making the playoffs for a while now I was officially resigned after the first uh, so they played the D-backs for three, and then they played them for four. But in between then, um, they played, I believe, it was Baltimore. Um, but after they lost that first D-back series, that's when I personally was officially out. I just thought, like, here it is. If you're really going to show anything, now's the time. I know you lost that last series to the Dodgers, but you can make up the wild card run here. You've got seven games upcoming against the Diamondbacks, and then you've got two uh, a series against the Orioles. Maybe you can pick up some wins there. You were able to do it against Texas, so who knows. And then they don't. So I've been resigned um, to the Padres making the playoffs uh, for a little bit while now. Um, I mostly watch them because, one, it's my job. And two, because I just am trying to find the hilarity in it all. I'm trying to find the, just the, it, it's, it's, it really is a form of masochism when you think about it. Um, the difference is that I get paid for it a little bit. Uh, that's the only difference. But in general, I think I've just been looking at, you know, little counting stats and seeing if Tatis will get more steals. Same thing for Kim. I want to say, I can't wait to put out the tweet like Hassan Kim, 2030 guy, and Tatis, you know, 2030 guy, and et cetera, et cetera, right? But um, I mean, yeah, this series is a mess. The series is a mess. And I think that there's a lot of people wondering, and I want to address this first. We're going to recap the games, but we're going to do it a little bit loosely just because. I don't know, I just find weekend recaps to be a little bit exhausting at this point in terms of you, the listener. I don't know what else I can add necessarily to, like, as commentary for these specific games. I think it's really hard this late in the season. Like, this is just the fact of the matter, is that this team stinks, as I mentioned very eloquently in the intro. Um, 
But, oh man, I mean, this is like, look, y'all, I'm with you. It is so dumb watching this team. It is so dumb watching this team. And I think that one of the questions that has been brought up sometimes is like, do these guys even care? You know, the core four of the Padres, um, and I'm going to bring this up from someone that posted this on Twitter. I was going to bring up these numbers myself probably for a future episode this week. Um, But because someone else already eloquently stated it on Twitter, I will be quoting that and also, yes, we're going to be doing some podcasts on this topic a little bit later this season. But the Padres core four, this tweet coming from, give me one second, please. This tweet coming from AI, Al Scott, AI Scott, I don't know how, I think it's Al Scott, um, on Twitter. The Padres big four in August, Fernando Tatis Jr. is slashing 226, 316, 357. Juan Soto is slashing 186, 255, 360. Manny Machado is slashing 205, 312, 449. So somehow the best of the three so far. And then Xander Bogarts is slashing 244 with a 278 on base and a 384 slugging. So somehow Manny's actually been the best of the bunch only because he has managed to rip some extra base hits as evidenced by the slugging. He's hit some solo shots. He's hit a couple shots with like one runner on, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, granted, those numbers haven't been all that clutch because those have usually come when the Padres are already down. This past week when we were down by five and he hit a solo shot is an example that comes to mind. Um, I'm going to be doing an episode later this week on the Padres core four. Just talking about like how this season has gone for them like individually as a whole what it means for the sport what it means for the Padres all that stuff gonna be talking about that more later this week but in terms of just this weekend I mean you know we talk about whether or not these guys care um it is a topic the idea of athletes caring that I usually try not to broach all that much because I think that with rare exception um all these guys care uh with very rare exception and I know that you'll say Oh, they got paid. You know, that's the difference between them and the average player. I'm like, yes, but I do think that you have to take into account human emotion works differently. Um, I remember a while back when I was watching this show, Hell's Kitchen. I might have brought this analogy on the this podcast before. So my apologies if you're rehearing it. But I remember that there was a fight because one of the teams, and if you don't know Hell's Kitchen, it's like two teams, blue and red, that compete in these cook-offs challenges, essentially, for a restaurant, right? Gordon Ramsay's the host. He's probably heard of it. And the blue team, like, lost again or something like that. And they'd been on a bad losing streak. They keep having to go into these elimination things or whatever. And one guy was there, like, sitting, smoking a cigarette, you know, kind of, like, upset. But he's just smoking a cigarette. And another guy was, like, flipping a table. And he was, like, punching the wall. He was shouting. He was saying the F-bomb a lot. And then that F-bomb guy was then looking at this guy smoking the cigarette and being like, oh, what, do you not care? You know, all this stuff. And I've always remembered this scene because it reminds me that, like, we process things differently. We react to things differently. Um, just because you're a person that is throwing desks at the wall or punching a wall or shouting or spewing F-bombs or tweeting constantly, whatever it is, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that the person who's just in the corner smoking a cig or not tweeting or not throwing things around the room and not cursing. Instead, they might look normal. That doesn't mean that they aren't upset and that they don't care. People process things differently. I tend to be more like the latter fellow, which is I usually react rather low. I am doing a performance sometimes on this podcast when I talk to you guys, but 
for the most part, that's how I react personally. Um, every now and then I'll have like an outburst. Don't get me wrong. I lose it. I'll be watching some jerk on TV who gets paid a lot of money to lazily report I'm on baseball. May, may or may not be someone from uh, ESPN. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And I just get frustrated and annoyed and maybe I'll start cursing a little bit. But for the most part, I that tends to be how I process things. I, I kind of just like sit down, stare at a wall, stare at my phone, whatever. Like that's how I personally do it. So I think that you have to be careful when you start saying things like, these guys don't care, they got paid, so they just don't care anymore. I think that's important, and that's just one thing. And number two, it's not fun for these guys being bashed in the media, bashed by fans, bashed at the ballpark, you know what I mean? It's not fun to be going up there, getting paid a lot, and then all these people saying overrated and overpaid, and, and it be somewhat true in the sense that you haven't performed, um, obviously. Uh, these guys know that, let's say, if someone said overrated to Mookie Betts, he'd be like, whatever, that's just an idiot. But for the Padres players, like, I imagine it's really frustrating. Um, I imagine that Tatis coming off his suspension, getting back into the game, you know, it must be really frustrating. And number three, you finally saw a little bit of that frustration. For the first time all year, uh, seemingly, uh, for the Padres, on a, on a big level, Manny Machado, there was a video uh, that came out of after his big strikeout with runners in scoring position. Uh, shocker when they had an opportunity to add on um, in Sunday's game, which we're going to talk about right now, um, that he, what was it? It was a pop-out, I think. Or was it a pop-up? Give me one second. I think it was before. No, it was a pop-up, yeah. After the Brewers had retaken the lead, Machado pops out, Bogarts grounds out, and you see Machado, he takes his bat to the cooler in the dugout, just slamming it a bunch of times. And it's the first time we've seen a little bit more raw I should say, out there in the open emotion. Uh, I'm not saying that this happened hasn't happened yet behind the scenes. I think there's been reporting that there's been stuff happening behind the scenes, I imagine. And it's similar to 2021, where for the longest time, even during the collapse, you never saw anybody react a certain way until the Machado Tatis thing. So this was bound to happen at some point. And I'm saying all this to say, just to put a, put a ribbon on it, don't start doing the thing where you say, athletes don't care, and these guys don't care. I know that you get your Jay Cutlers, Every now and then. A guy who genuinely and unequivocally did not care. I don't know, that's a football one, but he's always the one that I remember for guys that just didn't care. And it sucked. He, he was, that stinks. Jay Cutler stinks. Uh, like, like, Jay Cutler's awful. And I don't care that, you know, people on Twitter like some of the lines that he had in a reality show. Like, the guy didn't try. He didn't care. And he let a lot of people down. Like, that sucks. He had divine talent and incredible ability, but he just he didn't care. Um, especially after he got paid. <laughs> he didn't care before he got paid, and he cared even less after he got paid. But anyway. Enough with the Jay Cutler talk. So that's all I want to say is I don't want to, while it's tempting to say these guys don't care, I use that Hell's Kitchen example and I just use in general life practices that like it's, in my opinion, a mistake to judge these guys. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know how they process things. This is just what happens. And I think that, you know, if they were bashing things against the wall constantly, then people would be like, relax. You don't want to look like a, a Chris Sale. He was getting killed. Remember last year when he... Uh, what was it? He was coming back from injury, and then he like destroyed a locker room for double a, a, the double A team he was rehabbing for. You don't want to be that either necessarily. So this is all to say, Padres stink. They're terrible. They're an abomination of a team. But I don't want to go as far to say they don't care, right? You want to say they didn't show up and that they have loser energy? Yeah, you can say that. That's what I've been saying all year. But not trying and don't care, a little bit too much for me. A little bit too much for me. But guys, before we get into the rest of this show and actually recap some specifics of the games uh, in this <laughs> this podcast, uh, my little tangent there, uh, let me talk to you about something important. That's Dave. 
Look, speaking of money and getting and the guys that we're talking about, whether or not they're getting overpaid and whatnot, at one time or another, we all need a little financial help. You know what I mean? We all do. I mean, it's it's big time. You, you need it. It's, it's the world we currently live in. And guess what? Dave is great for that. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Finances can be intimidating, and that's why you need Dave. Look, I am intimidated by finances. You listen to this podcast, you're probably intimidated by finance. Uh, This other person listening to the podcast, you might be a finance major. Maybe you're doing a little bit better. But for the rest of us, uh, Dave is really helpful, guys. It's the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Oh, oh yeah. I bet you're already in, aren't you? It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. It gives you money to buy groceries, fill your tank, you know, whatever you need those. Finally get your car repaired. Maybe you want an extra Starbucks coffee. I don't know, but you get my point. Uh, When you're trying to catch up on bills and whatnot, you can build credit when you settle up on time. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's really simple for you. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit back or no credit check, sorry, and no late fees. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Baking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. And we're back, everybody here, as I bang my water bottle on the table to the Blocked Out Padres podcast. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. And be sure to check out, check out SiriusXM for the play-by-play broadcast and uh, check out my podcast. Whatever you want to do, use the SiriusXM app. It's great. Let's talk about the games a little bit more specifically. Yesterday's first, the Padres lose 6-10. And in this game, and I had tweeted out a, a play-by-play recap and it's important to note why you see Machado get so upset. In this game, you know, two walks from Kim, unfortunately doesn't get a hit. Tatis goes 0-4 with three strikeouts, gets a walk, but still goes 0-4. Uh, Soto goes 2-4, for four, but for nothing, really. Uh, Machado goes 1-5 for five with a double um, and an RBI. Xander Bogarts goes 1-5. for five. So it's really great to see that Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts have somehow managed at the top of their lineup to be as ineffective about as basically anybody. Uh, the big runs in this game coming from Matthew Batten and Gary Sanchez. Batten hitting a solo shot and St. Gary, who, I mean, continues to be a saint. He hits a two-run home run. Uh, you know, Tatis drew a walk at one point with the bases loaded. God forbid he actually anybody actually gets a hit. Soto flies out. Machado pops out, then leading to the um, the bat uh, incident in the clubhouse. And that's really all there is to report for the most part. The Padres scored a decent amount in this game. Michael Waka had his first pretty mid-start in a long time. Uh, he walked five in this game and totally gives up four runs across five and a third's innings. But he walks five. And look, the Brewers aren't a great offense, but they are pretty smart. And I think that they know how to battle certain pitchers. And Waka seems like a type of guy that they can battle at least a little bit. Um, because he's not necessarily someone that overpowers you with stuff. The Brewers have a couple of home run type of hitters. Your Rowdy Telezes, Adamas at points, right? Guys like that. Um, Yelich to a smaller degree. Who's having one of the more low-key bounce-back seasons that I can remember, by the way. Christian Yelich. <laughs> like, seriously, like, Christian Yelich is just back. Um, not in, like, a grand way. And he's, like, a... a Gold glove caliber defender this year, but like I think he's like top 10 in F4. Um, so it's pretty funny though that the Padres have 
all these these four MVP quality players, and somehow Christian Yelich has been better than nearly all of them, nearly all of them in every conceivable way, and hasn't been nearly as disappointing. Uh, four, he's you know his slash line's really good, two eighty two, three seventy, four forty eight. 122 WRC plus. He's got 16 home runs and 27 steals. He's basically been Hassan Kim for them. <laughs> He's basically been Hassan Kim for them, which is really nuts. Uh, not qu- not literally as good, a little bit because it's different positions and stuff like that. But it's incredible. So shouts to Yelich. But other than that, I mean, Waka. It's the most runs, and it's it's funny because I had brought this up. Um, I believe on was it the last podcast I did? I think it was where Waka had not given up more than three earned runs. Since let's see here, April 26. In fact, he hadn't given up three runs or more since April 26. That's how I should phrase it. That's a long time ago. That's like the beginning of the season. This guy has given up either zero runs. He's he hasn't given. I, I mean, he's just he's been automatic for the most part. Like he's been really really good. One of the hidden gems of the off season, like truly him and Wade Miley both, um, who uh, is on the Brewers. Uh, coincidentally. Uh, and the other thing that stinks about this game is it's a little bit of a bullpen one for the Brewers. Adrian Hauser gets the start. He's not that great, obviously. He gives up the stuff to St. Gary and Matthew Batten, etc. But uh, what's his face? Uh, this man, Bryce Wilson, comes in, mows down the Padres for the most part. And they're unable to score, basically, for the rest of the game. And more importantly, the Padres bullpen, which has shown, and I tweeted out the Gyarados from Pokemon meme, uh, Steven Wilson just getting absolutely lambasted today. Uh, heading into the game with 3.25 ERA, which isn't incredible, but he was a, he was a pretty quality. He's a stronger reliever. He gets brought in in this game, and unlike usual times, we can't really blame Melvin for this. Waka was struggling. He was walking some batters. He'd already given up four, and then this guy comes in and only gets an out. It is, I think, the best way to describe this Padres season is that what's I forgot what the theory is where it's like anything that can happen will happen. It's a famous philosophical theory, whatever. Uh, that's the Padres this year where like whatever the worst case scenario is, it will happen. He only gets one out, giving up four earned runs on three walks, by the way. Three walks and then one hit. So great stuff from Steven Wilson. And then Nick Martinez comes in because he said, you know what? Speaking of disappointing relievers, I want to chime in on the fun. Uh, he gives up two earned runs and one and a third on four hits and a walk. Uh, again, Martinez has regressed mightily uh, this year. It's hard to pinpoint exactly like everything on him. But it is frustrating that you extend this guy um, and you're hoping him to be this Swiss Army Knife guy that can occasionally throw you a start if you need it, uh, can be a, a long-inning reliever or just a one-inning reliever, and he's been pretty horrid at all of those things. I love his passion, though. Um, but again, speaking of passion and body language, just because someone's showing all that doesn't mean that you know they care any less or equal whatever to these other players. Uh, but yeah, the Padres' bullpen for the majority of this year has been extremely mid, um, and I mean like middle of the pack, uh, pretty mediocre. Um, absent Josh Hader. And I, I don't really know why the team is just like has an utter refusal to use Josh Hader um, post trade deadline. I know they haven't been in safe situations, but at some point I'm like, how about we just use the guy? Because everyone else you bring in uh, gives up like three runs and then makes the lead even more unattainable for an offense that if they're down by one, they look like they're having a a heart attack and they want to give up, right? Like that's that's just like again, it's it's a it's the one. It's a criticism lately of Melvin that I think is absolutely valid and fair. Um, but yeah, Padres bullpen lets them down. They are extremely good. They are six of Sage Paths Naruto ultimate Super Saiyan mode as long as they're down by four. If they're up by any amount, 
it's over. And I had tweeted out the game summary of this one uh, on Twitter, pointing out, like, it's just insane that they were leading 4-2 at one point in this game. You're hoping to salvage the series with a you know, end-of-series win. You already lost the first two. You're leading 4-2 after the bottom of the third. And then comes the uh, bottom of six when all of a sudden it is now 4-9. to nine. Like, that's the Padres. It's unbelievable what this team has done all year. All year. Unbelievable stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was really rough. Saturday's game is um, unfortunately probably the most frustrating game of the entire slate. The Padres, with the potential to come back, uh, they lose this one 5-4. They only lose by a run. Um, our boy, Pedro Avila, comes in this game. And not very good, because of course he's not. Four and a third, gives up five earned runs on two walks and four Ks. Look, if there's any time to give this guy a shot uh, as, as the lead guy, a starter out of the game, this made sense. The Brewers are not a very good offense overall. I know they've got some guys, like I mentioned before. But for the most part, in terms of offense, this is a team with the... Let's bring up the stats. They're 26th in, in batting average, 20th in on-base, 21st in runs, 22nd in home runs, and 27th in slugging percentage. Yet, they are infinitely better than the Padres, and they are somehow leading uh, their division. This shows you that, like, you can't just look at the, the score sheet sometimes. Like, the Brewers are comfortably a four-game lead in that division, and they only have a plus-15 run differential. For most of the year, they had a negative run differential, but sometimes this is where the human clutch element comes in. We talk about clutch all the time in other sports. Well, you got to talk about it here. The Brewers just know how to win games, uh, and they play really good situational um, baseball. They have for a while, and I hate them because they have they convince their fan base and baseball fans every year that they're going to turn the leaf, but they're not. They're going to get smoked. Uh, they don't have stars. They never spend. That's just what happens. So they're going to lose. Congrats to them, I guess. But regular season team, yeah. I mean, the Brewers do good stuff, like, pretty consistently. So, you know, I still thought, though, that this would be a decent pitching matchup for Avila because of that, and he doesn't do all that well. Um, for the Brewers' side of things, Freddie Peralta was just dealing for a good portion of this game. Five and a third innings, giving up two earned runs on nine strikeouts. Or I'm sorry, on two hits, strikes out nine. For most of this game, he was absolutely rolling. Like, absolutely freaking rolling. Um, then unfortunately, you know, the Padres had that one bad inning and they almost made a comeback. Look, Bogarts, it's a home run in this game. Cool. Uh, don't really care. But then they're down 5-1 after the bottom of the fifth, after Avila just implodes. He'd been dealing. He'd been absolutely dealing. And then they hit him really hard with Carlos Santana, who's been killing the Padres all year long, um, being one of the big guys to get in a, a double in this one. So that stunk. Um, Manny Machado gets an RBI. And then Juan Soto, top of the eighth inning, 5-4. He makes it. And you're like, oh my god, they're only down by one now because of a Juan Soto, Soto smash. Like, really good stuff. Um, what's funny, by the way, is that immediately after that home run, Machado and Bogarts both uh, are out. And then to end the game, Devin Williams unfortunately comes in. This is what happens when you have a good closer and a team that knows how to play situational baseball. Gamble grounds out. Garrett Cooper strikes out. Trade deadline acquisition. And Gary Sanchez... Uh, strikes out as well. It is Devin Williams, so I wasn't expecting much. But even still, you would think that law of averages would say the Padres got to get a comeback win at some point this year, right? Doesn't happen here. It's rough. It's rough. But before we talk about the last game and a little bit more on what you can expect for the rest of the week and going forward, folks, let me just take a second to talk to you about one of my favorite sponsors over at Sleeper. You love Sleeper, man. It's great. Gotta love Sleeper. Uh, look, look, here's the thing. 
I love them for fantasy football. My league, it's getting underway. We still haven't decided on how we're determining the draft order yet because my league manager just is the, the worst at responding to these things in the world sometimes. But uh, love them for fantasy. They have so many little quality of life things. Fantasy football's rolling up. You're going to want to use them for your league. It's really cool. They give you like league history. They give you the stats of players back in like 2014, their fantasy points that they did game by game. They've got these little mascots they fight. You can run little mock drafts in the app if you're bored which is me sometimes when I'm waiting at the DMV for stuff and then I'm like, you know what, let me run a mock draft. I'm just bored. Let me see what it's like. And then you do that on your phone. It's really cool. They got all sorts of stuff at Sleeper and they also got you covered when it comes to your daily fantasy. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Dynamic payouts are also live which is, in short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts, also comes more stat categories to place contest bets on. Whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever it is. Home runs, hits, stolen bases, under. You want to go over, under, whatever. They got you covered, man. They got you covered with stuff all the time. And I had recommended, by the way, picking Xander Bogarts. That's right. I did recommend picking him. I don't know if I picked him... Um, for Saturday, when he hit the home run. I don't think I did. But... I did hit, um, what's it called? Um, did I say Machado also? I forgot if I picked, I'm looking back what I said. No, no, no. I just said, I just said Xander. But I think I set him for Friday. And Friday, let's see if I let y'all down. Yeah, he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. But still, still, uh, I think for that this next series against the Cardinals, it might be a little fun just to get you excited for a little bit. Like, have fun watching baseball because the Cardinals haven't been very good. I'm not talking about in terms of making the playoffs. I think that's over. But... There's some cool stuff to check out there as well. I think, I think we get a little bit of Manny action in this one. I think so. I think he's just going to be mad that he's playing against Nolan Arenado, who stole all the, that MVP last year and all those gold gloves. And I, I'd put something on Machado for tomorrow. I don't know. I put the over on the hits. But whatever you want to do, guys, they've got you covered. Use promo code Locked On, and you get up to one hundred dollars matched back on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And we're back, everybody here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, rolling things down. We're rolling the windows down. We don't want any more of that toxic fog coming into this car. Um, but all, even though we kind of take a sick desire and complaining as we often do as a culture and we're almost done with the complaining last game of the series it happens on friday 7-3 loss for the padres um the only thing that happens in this game that's really all that interesting is um get a couple home runs that were kind of cute top of the ninth gary sanchez hits a two-run home run to make it 7-3 again gary sanchez man it's just been unbelievable and machado hit a solo shot in this one but this one gets uh, away from them pretty quickly. Darvish just implodes. Darvish is another guy we got to talk about at some point. It's just he can't get guys to swing uh, really all that much. And he was okay for parts of this game. He actually started off pretty decent. He wasn't walking anybody. Wasn't letting too Every time he let a couple guys on base. But then everything blows up in the bottom of the third. And then, you know, the Rowdy Telez homer uh, just kills them. Rowdy Telez has hurt the Padres before, too, by the way. Uh, I don't know what it is. The Brewers just kill us. Um, all of their guys, if they're falling asleep, they just wake up against us. It's Darvish, man. Look, when it comes to extensions and all the money that was handed out this offseason, 
I think that you're... Look, if you want to complain about Machado, okay. That one has the excuse of saying, well, maybe they were worried that someone would want to get him in the offseason, right? Like, maybe they were like, oh, God, um, the Mets, they just wanted to get Correa for that much. They're going to try and outbid us, so let's extend him now while we still have him in our clutches, in our um, possession. We can talk to him just ourselves. Okay, you could say that. Bogarts, you could say we don't like the free agents upcoming um, the following years, and we're a little bit worried about it, and we thought, all right, let's bring in a stud. So they did that. Um, you could defend it in that respect, and it is also just year one of a big contract. You could bring up Jake Cronenworth as the one player that I'm like, I don't really know what they were thinking there. But in second place for I don't know what they were doing, looks like it's you, Darvish. Uh, why? Because it feels like you were bidding against yourself um, in a lot of ways, where when you do these extensions... That's important to do, extensions. I don't want to begrudge the Padres for trying to extend guys that they like, players that are useful, players that were very good. Darvish was excellent last year. Like, one of the most reliable players in the game. His one probability added was excellent, too. Like, he was great. Um, and he's also you, Darvish. So you're like, hey, if anyone can age well, it's this guy. But I do have to admit, I feel like you would rather wait until free agency, right? Especially for a guy who's entering, you know... The, the, the latter years of his career, you'd think, why, why are you extending this guy? Now, again, I do stand by some of my takes early on in the season, which was, look, if anyone can figure out how to pitch well into his 40s, it would be you, Darvish. And in terms of his AAV, you're getting a little bit of a discount compared to you know previous years, um, compared to, um, what's it called? Compared to what other starting pitchers on the market will likely get. But it's also true that part of me is like, this is... You know, why is it that you had to extend him? I feel like you wouldn't have been bidding against that many people this coming offseason, but maybe they thought he was going to have another good year. I think you can defend it a little bit, but even still, I think that what is most important is that you do all these extensions, and Soto's the only one you didn't extend. But now they want to, apparently. That's the recent rumors. So, not great. Uh, not great showing from you, Darvish. And that kind of set the tone for the whole weekend that he's unable to. Like, the Brewers scored a lot of runs. I told you guys, they're like 20th in runs. They're not very, they're not like a great offense. Again, I think that they're going to get smoked when they get into the postseason. But, like, the Padres are 15th in runs scored. And that didn't show up all that much. Meanwhile, the Brewers are putting up 10 spots. So, like, this is baseball. But more importantly, it's the 2023 San Diego Padres. They just find a way. And, um,. Some other notes, by the way, I didn't mention this at the top. Uh, Robert Suarez was suspended for 10 games for the substance stuff, which stinks, um, obviously, because he had just gotten back. He hadn't, he'd had he been concerning me, his lack of whiffs, his lack of strikeouts, uh, declining just drastically uh, this season. But I still wanted him to get reps and figure things out. And he was still, like, you know, at least at the very minimum, he wasn't allowing too many runs. You know what I mean? Like, he was okay. Uh, he just had that one really bad blow-up. Um, but for the most part, like, he, you know, maybe he was starting to find his way. And then he gets suspended for 10 games for sicky stuff. And I talked about last week. This better not be um, uh, foreboding. This better not be some sort of sign of things to come. That Suarez was actually a sticky merchant. Because I will lose my mind if that happens. I, I would argue that will be the most reprehensible move the Padres have made in a long time. If you're just not figuring out how this kid came in at age 30 and is throwing gas... And he's been super effective. If you didn't like think about it and be like, hey, you know, before we extend a reliever, you know, I, that was my thing. I stand by my belief that I thought the signing was good because I thought they figured let's lock down our future closer for probably like 40% of what it'll cost for Josh Hader because he's going to get paid. He's probably going to break, break what Diaz got. So I didn't hate that. But in general, I'm against signing relievers for that much money. 
Um, but hey, they did it, and Suarez suspended for ten. Maybe he'll appeal and it'll get um, reduced a little bit. But I just like, I mean, I, I don't like doing the I've never seen. That's the best I've ever seen. This is the best ever. But I don't remember the last time I saw a guy get thrown out for sticky stuff when he hadn't even thrown a pitch yet. Like, was it that obvious? Like, it's crazy. But it just adds on to the laundry list of reasons that this Padres team has been so frustrating. And personally, the most frustrating baseball team that I have watched at least since maybe, I don't know, like those those 2015 Nationals that were, they had the one MVP in Bryce Harbor, but then they just completely scuffled. Now, maybe, maybe in terms of teams that I'm rooting for, this might be the number one, right? But there's been so many other bad baseball teams, guys. I mean, like, I've seen the, the Orioles fall apart. I remember when the, who was it? Um, what Which team was it? The Tigers, right? Like, that, those teams absolutely fell apart after, you know, all the great years that they had when Scherzer was still there, right? Like, back in the day. Um, the Rangers would have some moments. The, the Angels as a whole, like, every single year have been disappointing. So I don't want to quickly say most disappointing team in my lifetime. But in terms of one that I've rooted for... This is up there, man. I mean, this is up there because they just find new ways, uh, find new ways to disappoint you. Speaking of uh, finding new ways, I'm trying to find new ways to cover this team because I don't think we're learning much from these game-by-game recaps anymore. Uh, I'll still be doing them, but I think that I'm going to try my best to be doing game recaps uh, in bunches of threes um, and not making that my whole episode. Uh, recapping a game. You know what I mean? I, I want to do a little bit more for you guys. So just for like a little bit of a programming note, uh, first of all, they play the Cardinals this week. Um, yeah, again, it might be fun just because the Cardinals are bad and you might just see some fun plays because of the bad pitching. Uh, like they have no starting pitching. I think they might be like last in ERA, if I'm not mistaken. Give me one second to check that up. They are 24th in ERA, but the 29th in batting average against. So just in terms of like, maybe we'll see some highlight reel stuff. You might see that, and just from a, if you want to enjoy baseball games, if you want to see fun, it's like, um, how do, I'm going to compare this to like when you watch a, a Nicolas Cage movie, where it's like great garbage, you know what I mean? Like really bad stuff, but it's awesome, you know what I mean? I think that's what we might be in store for. I know that I'm like that sounds like I'm running out of reasons to get people interested in this team. That's true. That's partially why, right? Like, I mean, look at me rocking my Adidas shirt, and I'm just like, I'm losing my mind, guys. I don't know if you can tell. I mean, I abandoned the clown hat. It's it's still right over here, by the way. People are watching the YouTube. Uh, it's still there, just in case. I think I'll wear it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna wear it when they're officially eliminated for the playoffs. That's what I'll do. I'll wear that uh, hat for a little bit. But until then, staying with my my usual hairdo. So they've got this this series against the Cardinals, and then they've got a series against the Giants, um, the team that has barely any recognizable players on it if you are a casual baseball fan. Um, me, I know some of these guys. I know Lamont Wade. I think Lamont Wade is a very excellent player and the type of player the Padres would kill for. But it is still really, really impressive that the the Giants, you know, Michael Conforto, uh, has recently hit a little bit of a hot streak. But he's been one of the more up-and-down guys, but even still, a, a decent year for him. Okay as a batter, like not terrible, 107 WRC+. plus. You've got Jack Peterson, you've got Lamont Wade. Wilmer Flores, for whatever reason, has been awesome. He's so weird. That guy is so, so weird with his batting. But it is kind of incredible that when you look at the Giants' stats as a whole, they're not necessarily blowing you off the page, right? 22nd in batting average, 22nd in on base, 22nd in runs, 21st in home runs, 25th in slugging percentage, 11th in ERA, 22nd in batting average against, and 10th in whip. Like, they don't particularly excel at anything. 
they find ways to win. And this is why uh, later this week we'll be talking about the Padres' future as a whole. So let me just break down future episodes for this show. Uh, tomorrow's episode, what I am planning to do is just talking about the Padres' big four as a whole, breaking down how they've been with runners in scoring position, contracts, free agents, moments, everything. Going to be talking about Bogarts, Tatis, Machado, and Soto tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, hold on, give me one second. I'm so bad at specified this. So that'll be for Tuesday's show. And then Wednesday's show, I'm planning on recording with Miller Thomas. We're going to do an episode that's similar in vibe to the Padres. We're going to recap, you know, talk about the NL West as a whole. D-backs have had a wild showing of things lately, by the way. Anyone see that Saturday game with the Reds? That was nuts. That was absolutely nuts. They blew the game like 50 times. So Miller's not going to be happy. We're going to be doing a, a, a general state of the, the division and then also doing a draft on the worst contracts in baseball. Do the Padres guys get picked? I mean, they got a lot, so you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to try my best to show out a little bit. We'll see how that goes. And then for Thursday's episode, hopefully, we'll see, not confirmed yet, recording with Ben Kaspic of the Locked On Giants podcast to get his take. Because I really want to hear his take because back in the day, or you know, like a couple months ago when we last um, recorded, he thought like this division had the chance to have four playoff teams. And he really did think that the Padres were going to bounce back. And I kind of want to hear his take because he's a really smart guy and I, I love talking with him. I know some people get mad at him from this channel. Uh, don't. He's a really cool guy. Like, stop. He's just producing and giving his opinions and, and he gives a lot of number-based opinions. And I want to hear his take uh, on the Padres a little bit and then talking about what's going on, how are the Giants managing this, um, talking to him about that. And then for Friday's show, maybe I'll recap a series or two. I don't know. We'll figure it out, right? Like, we're going to figure it out along the way, but I don't know exactly what we're doing for Friday. Uh, at some point, though, I am planning on talking about Gary Sanchez as a possible extension candidate uh, for this offseason because he really has truly been, I'm not just saying this, like one of the better catchers in baseball because the offense has been so amazing and the defense with the framing and throwing out runners hasn't been that libelous for it to take away from his offense, which I think is what happened to him in New York. What happened with him in Minnesota hasn't happened with him this year. So we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, going to be doing that more. Giving you guys a little bit of a sneak peek about uh, what I'm planning, what I'm cooking uh, in the stove, just because it's hard for fans. And I understand you. I feel you, man. Like, I, especially yesterday, yesterday's game, man, I can't imagine what that would have been like if fan, for fans at Petco, if that game was at Petco. Thank the Lord that it wasn't there because that must have been, that would have been rough to watch too. Granted, I think the fans of Petco have been through enough. So we're going to be talking about all of that, guys, and just just vibing. We'll see. Hey, Pete Alonzo, as I'm recording this, Mets are likely to trade him. Maybe we got to talk about that. Rumor has it the Padres need a first baseman. We'll talk about it, guys. That's right. Still keeping this podcast as juicy and fun as possible. And I'm wondering, man, is there a firing coming in? I don't know. I don't know. I mentioned it before. I don't know who to blame, but we'll talk about it all tomorrow, guys. Until next time, remember, this is the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to your podcast, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Available everywhere. Available on Sirius. Go listen to the broadcast stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful home is take care.